Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Welcome to another edition of Life Behind Bars. I'm Noah Rothbaum, the Daily Beast Half Full Editor. Joining me, as always, is my colleague and co-host, David Longridge. How's it how, going? All right. How are you today? I'm pretty good. Uh, excited to talk about uh, one of my favorite subjects. And mine. Whiskey. Um, our old friend. Yeah. Whiskey. <laughs> Ishkabaha. Yeah. Uh, oh, man. The, the Gaelic for water of life, which has become, I guess, bastardized in the several hundred years since people actually said Ishkabaha and turned into the word Ishkabibble. Whiskey. Whiskey, ultimately. Somehow, somehow it went from Ishkabaha to whiskey. Don't ask me how. Uh, I think there was, I think there was uh, whiskey involved. How many games of telephone before the telephone was ended where people finally started calling it whiskey, but uh, that's the derivation of a name. And, um, I think it's sort of fitting that it has uh, international roots. Well, you know, you know what I love is you walk down the street in Dublin, and there are all these little iron hatches on the uh, in the on in the pavement sure. that say whiskey on them, U I S C E, like because it's uh, whiskey beata in Irish Gaelic, and it's like, wait, you open this up, and that's where you get the whiskey <laughs> from, but it just means water. It turns right, out. <laughs> right. You're like, I looked, I double checked. Yeah, I double checked. I, I, I totally opened every checked. one of them. Totally uh, I feel, I feel like I was kind of uh, taken for a ride there. A little bit, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, I mean, a, a Gaelic like, joke yeah, on all yeah, of us. Yeah, there's no whiskey in there. On whiskey writers. <laughs> yeah, there's just no whiskey in there. <laughs> I mean, it wasn't that long ago when I thought, you know, a bar had a international whiskey selection. If they had an Irish whiskey, a Scotch. And some bourbon, you know what I mean? That yeah, was it. and maybe, you know, a bottle of Canadian Club right. down on the lower sure, shelf. Sure, yeah. You know, that yeah. was it. I mean, yeah, and, that was pretty cosmopolitan. And, and, and those four bottles you'd see over and over again, and they were yeah. often pretty much the same brands. Yeah. I mean, you didn't even get much variation in those. Um, I, you know, and that, if, the, if the bar had rye, that meant it was a gourmet bar. Or or the bottle had been there for like 30 years. Yeah, that's and true. nobody. <laughs> that's true. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the, those fruit flies pickled in the bottom. Right, exactly. Those are vintage. Right, exactly. That was 28 generations like of, flu- of fruit flies. layers of dust yeah, on the yeah, bottle. Yeah. But that, I mean, that was it. I mean, now, you know, drinkers are really spoiled. I mean, you have such a vast selection of whiskeys. Oh, my God. You know, and. You know, all yeah. over every corner of the U.S. is now making bourbon and rye and single malt and yeah, it's corn not just whiskey. bourbon and rye. Yeah, I mean, wheat no, whiskey, wheat, uh, sorghum whiskey, all types of you know yeah. straight corn whiskey, yeah. unaged whiskey. If anything, it's the craft spirits phenomenon. This this trend of all these distillers, and there are now nearly two thousand of them across the country. What it's unbelievable. Several you know? in every state. And what's interesting to me is. Uh, if you went like back uh, before Prohibition, the way the whiskey business worked in America is there were some big distillers. You know, Mount Vernon made sure. rye. Uh, uh, there were there were some big bourbon distillers. Yeah. Uh, it's a Weller, you st- know, yeah, yeah, exactly. Original one. Yeah, yeah, there was a Guckenheimer in Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah. Overhaul. I was just big. about to say yeah. that one. Yeah, and 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 so there were these big national brands. 
But there were also local distilleries everywhere. Yeah. And uh, they made a lot of interesting stuff. Yeah. They made a lot of stuff that was maybe not that great, but it was local and it was cheap. Sure. And it was available. And yeah. uh, and they somehow managed to coexist where you have all the big guys plus all the small yeah. guys too. And and some of the big guys were buying the small guys and combining them. I yep. Mean, I think when people now, especially the whiskey nerds, are so militant about some of the categories and – yeah. If anything, you know, all bets were off, you know, 100 years ago or, or even 50 years ago where some of the categories, the definitions were much looser and, you know, a lot of the things that we take as fact, yeah. you know, back in the day, you know, people did things. Uh, I mean, what it really is, is it's a uh, post-prohibition convenience, <laughs> you know, because to get whiskey back after repeal, they had to make a lot of compromises. Oh, yeah. And, and one of them was the government did not want to go out and have to uh, hire people to regulate uh, oh, yeah. 2,000 distilleries. Right, of they, course. It, it was in their interest to have it be like 20 distilleries yeah. or 50 distilleries. Yeah. And that's what you had. You know, it also it became streamlined, like a yeah. lot of things, and industrialized and big yeah, like, business. Which is what it, the 20th century did. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it really, the modern whiskey business begins in the late 1800s mm-hmm. and really – you know, by the time that prohibition ends, what emerges is a way different and way more sophisticated industry run by a few giant conglomerates, you know, Absolutely. Shenley, Seagram's. Yeah. National, national exactly. distillers. And, and yeah. they, they own dozens of distilleries and they're, you know, it's a way more sophisticated yeast programs and grain and it's, uh, I've, you know, I've, I've got a uh, Seagram's Distillers Handbook from right, 1940, exactly. yeah. which is just super technical and up right. to date. And it's, and it's their manual for all their distillers. Wherever they are. Yeah. You know, Canada. Canada, it doesn't matter. Indiana, Kentucky, doesn't matter. And it becomes. They built one kind of distillery. Exactly. So that, you know, a lot of these permutations and different things sort of get drummed out of the system. And yeah. now. If anything, this craft spirits movement, one of its greatest gifts, I would say, is opening up people's eyes to all different types of whiskey. And- yeah, it's breaking that up again. You know, it's 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 saying, okay, we don't just want uh, bourbon right. and maybe a little bit of rye. Yeah. We want, like, a lot of different kinds yeah. of rye. We want a lot of different oh, kinds yeah. of bourbon. We want more corn whiskey because that's yeah. interesting. Yeah. We want wheat whiskey. We want barley whiskey. We want really? millet whiskey. <laughs> Cobalt. Cobal, yeah. yeah. In Chicago, yeah. it's all types of yeah, quinoa. quinoa millet. Exactly. 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 What crazy grains. And some of those are quite delicious. Some, yeah. Some of them yeah, you know, are not some, so, you know what, but some of them are actually really cool. Absolutely. Also, some of these small distilleries have been open long enough yeah. to have fully aged stock yeah. on hand now where when you taste it, it's like, okay. You know, this is not uh, – I'm not just being indulgent yeah. and, and patting them on the head and saying, no. nice yeah. try. Yeah. I'm actually drinking good oh, whiskey yeah. now. Oh, yeah. And that's revolutionary. And I think it's cool because it's even – some of these upstarts have changed the way that whiskey is being made in Kentucky. I hate the Silicon Valley term of disruption. But in this case, they've disrupted in the oldest way possible yeah. by making – a product that's competitive but different that has now made the big guys actually kind of rethink the way that yeah, they Yeah, they're make starting their to stuff. pay attention yeah. to what, you know, and they're saying, yeah. oh, we don't have to just make like the one kind of whiskey. Exactly. They're, they're, there's a lot of different interesting things. I'm, and I mean, this isn't just an American trend right. either. Scotland, some of their moves are a little weird be- with uh, the perennial problem for them of how do you sell blended whiskey when everybody 
uh, thinks single malt is sexier. <laughs> right. uh, but nonetheless, they're they're making moves there too. And, and the uh, number of distilleries in Scotland has it's you know, grown is substantially. I mean, yeah, I think there it's, was it's, over it's, ninety for I mean for about a decade, and now it's well over a hundred with all the different grain distilleries and single malt distilleries. Yeah. You know, they're bringing back, you know, some of the ghost distilleries, Bora yep. and Port yeah. Ellen. Are, they're putting you know, distilleries on islands that never had legal distilleries exactly. before. I mean. Wales now has distilleries. Yeah. You know, even yeah. England. England. Is, is making, you know, English. England used to make a lot of grain spirit in the 18th and 19th century. Sure. And, uh, you know, until they outsourced it all to Scotland. Absolutely. But uh, now it's coming back. and uh, Which is kind of in Ireland. I mean, you know, for well, years. Let's talk about what's going on in Ireland. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's crazy. For uh, When I first went to Ireland uh, in 2001, there were three distilleries yep. on the island. And one of them was pretty brand new i mean yeah there was the the cooley distillery was 12 13 years old and we had really just started getting their whiskeys in like 99 yeah exactly i yeah. remember it took them a while to get up and running and to get things aged and, yeah and all that but so there was that and there was uh the Bushmills malt distillery yeah and the huge middleton distillery that yeah. made all the blended whiskeys and Bushmills uh, all the way up north yeah uh, and, and all the, the way down the... south in cork exactly and uh and Bushmills and uh and uh the middleton distillery were owned by the same company for a long time yeah yeah at, at the time but those three distilleries Bushmills, cooley and middleton or jameson Literally every Irish whiskey for years yeah. was either a bottled one of those whiskeys, you know, one of those distilleries whiskeys bottled straight or a blend of whiskeys yeah. from those three distilleries. Yeah. And that was every brand. That was it. That was there's yeah. no other that yeah. was it. Yeah. And now there are some of the uh brands who used to contract with them, like oh, yeah. uh, uh Talamore Dew have gone back to yeah. having their own distilleries again. And I think that yeah, they'll start making all of their own, I think, next year or yeah, the year they're, after. They're, so it's pretty. They're getting there. The, the distillery's up yeah. and running. They're putting stuff in barrels. The, and the, the uh, away we go. The brothers have yeah. built a distillery in Dublin. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, basically, there are all of these. There's a whole, you know, huge boom of Irish gins. Yeah. Which is, of course, you know. That's you're the gonna, precursor to whiskey. Exactly. Yeah. You so like, what do we make while the whiskey's aging? Gin. Gin. Gin and vodka, and yeah. in that case, gin. So, yeah. you know, we've seen all of these gins, and Ireland has kind of gone crazy for gin, yeah. which means all these gin distilleries in probably the next three, four years will also be bottling all their whiskeys. So we're yeah. going to see all types of – and if the gins are any indication, because they are – All over the place. And really wildly creative. Mm -hmm. um, some of them are tasty. Some of them – are interesting, yeah. Um, <laughs> Some of them are not even interesting. <laughs> sure, well, it will be really interesting because the whiskeys yeah. will also be all over the yeah. map. Um, I mean, but it, that's also as again as here, it's forced the bigger companies oh, yeah. to uh, take some risks. Also, I mean, uh, uh, Middleton, the Irish distillers, sure. Pernod Ricard, you know, huge international company. Yeah. Uh, they've been releasing. All kinds of interesting uh, expressions uh, of pure pot still whiskeys, just, and uh, which is, I mean, for us, I mean, fans yeah. of pure pot still whiskeys. Yeah, whiskey, there used to be only one that was red. A huge, um, wonderful news, yeah. really. I mean, yeah, it's it you know one of it these is. things, you know, yellow spot, green spot, red spot, you know, all of the different. Powers John's Lane, Powers Signature, all it goes on and red on. Breasts, yeah. I mean, yeah, it's yeah. kind of amazing just yeah. that the number of. You know, pure pot still expressions and, you know, Bushmills at the 
the North has been releasing more single malts at different ages. From Middleton, from Irish distillers, you've got, they've launched a whiskey aged in Irish oak barrels. They're trying that out. Huh. They've got yeah. uh, uh, one whiskey aging in uh, Irish oak barrels. But going back to the early 19th century, even to the 18th century, they never used Irish oak. <laughs> there was no Irish right. oak. <laughs> they cut down all the trees. Right. It was always North American right. oak. They'd get the oak from uh, uh, shipped out of Quebec right. or out of New Orleans. Yeah. And uh, that was the Irish whiskey industry for, you know, for all of the... for, for, for 100 and for almost 200 yeah, yeah, years yeah. has been using American oak. But now just to be like extra correct, right. they're using Irish, Irish oak. oak. And just... it's like, okay, um, sure, it's not a thing, okay, whatever, yeah. yeah. Another cool thing is uh, Kilbegan just launched a whiskey uh, made with rye in the mash bill. Yeah. And they can't call it a pot still whiskey, although it was made in pot stills, because uh, it has too much rye. Yeah. Allowed 3% by the Irish law of other grains besides malted barley and unmalted barley. And Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... Hello Fresh is your guilt free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. It's, that's recent. They used yeah, to have. Yeah. Uh, yeah, up until the 1950s, they used to use rye and oats in their whiskey, like up to, you know, maybe 15, 20 percent of each sometimes. Amazing. And uh, this now this one is uh, uh, 30 percent rye. Which, again, I mean, I think it's interesting because Beam Centauri, you know, which bought Cooley, which makes yeah. Kilbegan. I mean, clearly the, the rebirth of American straight rye whiskey is yeah. now driving that Irish Straight rye whiskey yeah, and, or rye pot still whiskey. I mean, also they're they're kind of paying attention to what's going on. I uh, I helped uh, uh, years ago with my friend uh, uh, Tad Seastead, who runs a small distillery in Oregon, and uh, he wanted to try out something interesting in whiskey, and I suggested he try the old Irish mash bill with rye and oats, mm. and he did, and he made a very successful whiskey called yeah. the Emerald. You know, in very tiny amounts. I sure. mean, it's not. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's no. It's no competition for anyone. But I think that got a lot of attention, and yeah. and it sort of pushed the Irish a little bit to say, you know, this is our tradition. Why right. don't we try this? And it's not just Ireland. It's you know we we're seeing whiskeys and new whiskeys from you know up in Scandinavia, oh, Mac yeah. Myra and Sweden. They're huge drinkers, you know, of, of single malt mm-hmm. and, and whiskey in general. Japan, which you know the you know Centauri goes back to the 1920s, and really you know in their main competitor Nika. I mean, for years, you know, most of the whiskey was drunk inside of Japan. I mean, yeah. it was just yeah. it was it was. If you wanted it, you went to Japan. Yeah, um, yeah. Who was going to export right, that I mean, stuff? And it was, you know, and the demand there. I mean, it's only because of like their uh, prolonged recession, you yeah. know, that took you know thirty years to finally <laughs> clear up. That they, you know, they're like, okay, maybe we'll start selling it. We have a little bit of excess. Let's start selling it in America. You know, just a few years, Japanese whiskey has gone crazy. I mean, yeah. it went from, oh, yeah. you know, I remember Centauri. 
you know, pouring at Whiskey Fest mm-hmm. and nobody would go up, you know, for know. the Yamazaki. Well, you know, you know? it's funny because the, 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 the rap was that it was uh, imitation scotch. Right. What they didn't realize it was imitation really good scotch. Right. <laughs> and that, that was, you know, from 1920. Like, yeah. Like, yeah. You know, it wasn't. Yeah. They've been making it forever. Right. And it's, you know, they had way more interesting stuff that they were selling yeah. in Japan than they ever sold here. And yeah. finally, when some of that stuff. The Habikis, the Hakshus finally made it here, you know, really in the last six, seven, eight years. Yeah, I mean, I remember helping them launch uh, uh, the uh, Yamazaki in 2008, maybe. Yeah. And it was a hard sell. People yeah. were like, what is, is is this stuff? Even when the, I mean, yeah. when the Habiki finally came ago, here, yeah. yeah, it was about maybe a little bit less. I remember yeah. 09, maybe 10, it yeah. came and. It just blew my mind, yeah. and and that has led to this giant, you know, demand. But for, I mean, now we're seeing seeing even other stuff like from Japan, like uh, there's the Kikori whiskey, which is yeah. a shochu, yeah, uh, a, a rice spirit, yeah. usually distilled to very low proof, and here they distilled it to a, a quite a normal proof right. and uh, aged it a little bit longer, and suddenly you've got something that's that's. In the whiskey world, but very different. Right, exactly. You know, and, and quite pleasant. And then all these other, you know, kind of upstart Japanese yeah. whiskey distilleries. I mean, yeah. a lot of this sort of modeled, again, on, on the yeah. American craft movement. I mean, there weren't craft distilleries in other places. So. And then we, you know. You've you got all, in Taiwan. You've Taiwan, got, you know, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Award-winning whiskey there. Uh, yeah, for sure. And then, uh, you know, from India, you've, you know, Amru, which yeah. is, you know, has been around for decades, but is really in the last decade finally come to America and mm-hmm. sort of, I mean, it's still limited, but widely ish available and it's really delicious. And yeah, no, really, that's, they've been making whiskey since the 1940s. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, fascinating they, they, stuff. They learned and, what they're doing. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it's, it's kind of an amazing time to be a whiskey drinker. I mean, oh, I mean, it's even cracked open the last frontier of, of, of good whiskey, which is Canada. <laughs> <laughs> The Canadians were so stubborn. You know, they they, oh, yeah. they make – I've been to a number – I've been to most of the distilleries in Canada, the old yeah. ones, right? And everyone, uh, they'd always show me like, here's the, some of the spirit we make. And among those spirits, there'd be just this delicious stuff, you know, oh, yeah. soft, rich, creamy, wonderful. And then you taste the finished product and you go – Where's all that stuff right. that I tasted? Right. Why, why, you know, it's not yeah. in here. I mean, this whiskey is fine, but it's a little thin and kind of really light. And that stuff was so good. What happened to that? Right. And now they're bottling that. Finally, they're, they're taking it's some great. of the uh, Kobe beef out of the yeah. hamburger and and, yeah. and sell and keeping it well, and, unground. You and, know, and, and it's I, it, it's really good. People started going up there and quietly on the sly buying yeah all that stuff and bottling it. You know, and maybe at beginning not being one hundred percent transparent that it was Canadian whiskey. That was but, unfortunate. But 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 it it ultimately I think helped because it showed yeah. that the stuff is really good and without people's preconceived notions yeah. of what Canadian whiskey is or was, you know, these things started winning awards and people were praising them and then only yeah. later did they find out that they were Canadian. It was like <laughs> the old like, you know Yeah, the old switcheroo. Exactly the the the, the coffee commercial yeah. like this is actually, you know, Maxwell House in your cup. You know, not, you know, <laughs> it's not defined Colombian. Exactly coffee exactly you, know, you thought, you know, and it's yeah. um you know, it's kind of a funny thing. And that led to 
new distilleries in Canada. I mean, for yeah. years there were no craft distillers. Now yeah. there are craft distilleries. The bigger companies are now releasing all types of stuff, cracking open their vaults. I mean, the nice yeah. thing about Canadian whiskey, unlike American whiskey, is that instead of blending all the grains together in the mash, basically they made all the whiskeys separately and then would blend them once they were aged. I mean, so one, of, really one of the best whiskeys to... I've had in recent years was a 12-year-old Canadian pure corn whiskey, 100% corn. Yeah. Aged uh, up there in a cold northern climate yeah. in well-used barrels, so there's not really yeah. a lot of oak on it. Yeah. And it was just this – it was like cream, you know. Yeah, I can it was only imagine. Like just this soft, creamy, delicious. absolutely delicious thing, yeah. the kind of thing that's that's just Moorish, as in yeah. I want more. Yeah. You know, keep pouring <laughs> me that. Can I have a little more of that? Exactly. It's really good. Can yeah, I have some yeah, more, please? Yeah. Uh, and, and it's one of those things you put a bottle out and it's empty before, before, oh, you, for sure. before your, your friends stand up. And it's one of these things where even if countries or regions aren't making whiskey, we're seeing even – some of the distillers get wood, you know, they're experimenting yeah. with oak from, you know, all types of yeah. crazy places. Yeah, like they're doing in or, Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Pulling wood from all over. I mean, people like Buffalo Trace are experimenting mm -hmm. with wood from all over. I mean, some of it was, I, some of the experiments are delicious. Some of them I want to try, but are really god awful. Yeah. And, and the wood is extremely expensive and maybe not Yeah, it's difficult, I know. But, uh, um, but it, but it's interesting. I mean, some yeah. of those things are getting released with all types of. I'm curious. Well, I funky... know somebody was doing using hickory. A small distillery right. up in uh, Canada was doing uh, hickory casks. The problem with hickory casks is they leak like sons yeah. of bitches. Yeah. Because hickory is just not a tight wood grain, <laughs> and so you know they they put in like fifty right. gallons, they'd end up with five. Right. Is that what? Well. <laughs> Try one. That's the beauty yeah, of being small, yeah. I guess. Uh, but, you know, I, I want to see. I want to see more stuff like that. You know, why not use maple? Yeah, for instance, why not we, use other? Yeah, okay, we've seen we've seen a little bit of maple, yeah, which also is yeah. leaky. But the whiskey that I've tasted is delicious. Like yeah. Woodford did one yeah. that was maple, um, and that was really good. And uh, I mean, I you know, I think if anything, it's we've, we've only kind of scratched the surface. Yeah. You know, in terms of innovation and you know the frontier with all. Uh, yeah, the laws have to catch up right now because. Yeah. The laws in America are very restrictive as to what you can call whiskey. And, and in Scotland, which, too. Yeah, in obviously. Scotland, too, which is great for consumers if you've got a bunch of cynical large corporations right. trying to cut their bottom line at every opportunity. Right. That means they can only cut so far. Right. But it also limits people from doing really interesting things, yeah. you know, because you can't call it whiskey or you can't call it this yeah. or that. Yeah, I mean, I, and I think people are, you know, uh, the fear was always that if you can't put the word bourbon or mm -hmm. straight rye or scotch, that nobody will buy. And I think if anything... Uh, I don't think the modern generation yeah, gives a shit about anything I don't, like that. No, I don't think so. And, and some of these brands like Compass Box in yeah. Scotland have done some really funky, cool stuff that's yielded delicious whiskey and... Whether or not they can call that scotch, I don't yeah. think has really affected you know their sales, which is which is encouraging to say the least. Yeah. I think will only mean that the laws ultimately probably will change to include some of these new variants and new techniques. And I mean, you know, I, I certainly hope so. And yeah. I, I'm all you know. The more whiskey uh, from the more places, the, the better <laughs> for me. I just think it's yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I mean. I was I was up in the uh, foothills of the Alps in January uh, at the uh, Braulio Distillery where oh, they yeah. make Braulio, one of the beloved sure. uh, Italian Amari, right? Yeah. And the uh, guy who makes Braulio uh, was showing us around in his 
distillery, which is very weird because it's several stories down the side of a mountain. Wow. Uh, you know, just all built into the mountain. Like We're a James going, Bond film. Yeah, it was, it was like a James Bond lair full yeah. of Amaro. Right. <laughs> it was pretty cool. Yeah. And, and all in these big, huge wooden casks. It all gets rested in wooden casks. And uh, finally, he takes us to his little paradis where he keeps rare stuff. And in there, there's a, there's a standard size, like, uh, oak barrel, right? The French yeah. oak barrel. And we go, what's in that? He goes, well... There's only a little bit left, but that was the whiskey I made 12 years ago. Wow. And uh, he let us taste it. And it was absolutely delicious. Right. And it's like, why didn't right. you make more? He goes, oh, I, it was just an experiment. And right. I I don't really, you know, I'm not a whiskey drinker. <laughs> <laughs> he, was so, he wasn't going to make any more. He made sure. it once. That was All enough. right. Fair enough. And, 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 you know, and he let it sit for 12 years yeah. finally. And, yeah. uh, and it just got really delicious. And uh, this just... Really uh, soft malt whiskey, yeah. you know, with the. Just, it, it would uh, not surprise me if yeah. we see Italian whiskey, more French whiskey. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of Italian craft beers yeah. right now. I and mean, craft it's the beer next... is sort of the precursor to, to exactly. craft whiskey. And, and, the, and the way in production, too. Yes. Yeah. yeah. It wouldn't surprise me if we see a lot more whiskey coming out of, you know, Europe, you know, from yeah, just countries that don't yeah. traditionally make it and start yeah. to make it. Um, well, also, they, I mean, Italy has a great climate for yeah. aging whiskey because you've got mountains. So you can age it uh, in the warmth, yeah. and then you can move it up the mountain, you know, and then let it let it age oh, yeah. uh, in the cool. So you've got you can go from Scotland to uh, Kentucky right. within the space of twenty miles. <laughs> so how do you want to age right. it? You exactly. Know, you can blend. You can do whatever. It wouldn't. Start, we'll also see, I think, probably stuff from you know uh, places like South Africa, oh, yeah. South oh, yeah. America, Central oh, yeah. America. Yeah. I mean, as as the whiskey craze continues to build yeah. momentum. I'm not surprised if we don't start seeing it from like West Africa. Yeah, you know? it's true too. Yeah, they, they grow a lot of grain there. Yeah, they've yeah. got a lot of millet. They've yeah. got a lot of uh, yeah. corn. They've Taff. got all kinds. It would be a tap yeah. whiskey. I don't yeah, know. I mean, why not? Right. Yeah, I'm looking forward to this new day of whiskey drinking and whiskey production. Yeah, it's exciting times for the whiskey business. That's Absolutely. For sure. The only problem is too many whiskeys, too little time. Yeah, but we'll, we'll continue working on that problem. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll put our best men on it. <laughs> <laughs> Cheers. Cheers. Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ, the official ETF of the NCAA. The future isn't scary, not realizing its potential, however, could be. Just like on the recruiting trail, I've seen potential come in many forms as a coach. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc., 